In the world of self-help, motivation, and sort of spiritual gurus, one figure looms larger than all others. Sure, true influence and reach is practically impossible to measure, but bank accounts and net worth don't leave much room for debate in this area. Billionaire Oprah Winfrey is the long-reigning self-help motivational juggernaut. Let me just give you one tiny, minuscule example of her influence. In her Lifetime Achievement acceptance speech at the 2018 Golden Globes, Winfrey said, quote, What I know for sure is that speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have, end quote. And within hours of that statement, the idea of your truth became part of our common vernacular. Now, she may not be the originator of that idea, but she is most certainly the top viral spreader. Chances are, either you yourself, someone you know, or at the very least, someone you've read or listened to, has used one of the phrases, your truth or my truth. Over the past few years, those two phrases have become so common that it's hard to imagine they haven't always been part of our everyday English language and conversation. On psychologytoday.com, one author has contributed 20 different articles under the grouped heading of, quote, discover your truth, end quote. Another PhD on the site writes an article about, quote, finding and living your own truth, end quote. A third PhD says to readers, quote, stop apologizing for your truth, end quote. In psychology, self-help, and motivational circles, your truth has become a foundational concept, despite the fact that it's a fairly new idea, one that has really struck a chord with many today, but certainly not all, to be fair. Even Wharton professor and organizational psychologist Adam Grant has said, quote, speak your truth, is an oxymoron. You can speak your experience or your opinion, but the truth belongs to all of us, not to any of us, end quote. Hmm. So it seems there may be a bit of a disconnect here in psychology circles. Now, if you've read enough of those aforementioned articles or articles like them, if you've listened to enough speeches and podcasts and you've seen enough posts on the socials, eventually it seems that what people really mean by speaking your truth is exactly what Grant alluded to, sharing your feelings, your emotions, and your experiences. But, I mean, let's be honest. That doesn't have near the verbal force or power as telling someone to share your truth. Your truth is a phrase that just oozes power and authority. And for good reason. The secret, I believe is in the word itself, truth. Let me explain what I mean. Every philosopher, every professor, every teacher and academic, every commentator, newscaster, podcaster, every author, parent, politician, professional, every single person you can think of who attempts to communicate is either attempting to share fuzzy things like opinions and ideas or seemingly less fuzzy things like facts, knowledge and information, truth, or some combination of those things. If you're looking for ideas, opinions, and feelings, well, there are plenty of those available. (laughs) If they were celestial bodies, 
they would surely outnumber the stars in the sky. If you're looking for facts, well, you can find plenty of those in this world. Of course, facts can be notoriously difficult to verify. How many times, just in the past week, have you heard of or experienced so-called facts that turned out to be not so factual after all? I mean, you can call it a mistake, you can call it something more insidious, but you certainly can't call it 100% dependable. If you're looking for knowledge or information, well, this world also has plenty of that to offer, but so much of what we call knowledge or information is incomplete or even misleading. Now, that's not a criticism. Every piece of information that I share on this podcast is incomplete in many ways. A, I can't possibly study every facet of a single topic. That would take many lifetimes. B, even if I could somehow do the matrix thing and download all current info directly to my brain, it would still be only the info that is currently available. Now consider this. In 1900, one of the largest libraries in the world, the London Library, had 500,000 books. The calculations now say that the amount of information we have today, if put in book form, would create a stack of books that reaches from Earth to Pluto and back again. That's truly mind-boggling. Or how about this? Between the years 1440 and 1900, it is estimated that knowledge doubled every 400 years. By 2017, knowledge doubled every 13 months. I don't know what the current rate of increase is, but estimates used to be that by 2023, knowledge would double every 12 hours. Mind blown. If that doesn't say incomplete, I don't know what does. I guess we shouldn't really be surprised, though, by this continual expansion of our knowledge base. God said to Daniel in chapter 12, verse 4, that in, quote, the time of the end, many will roam about and knowledge will increase, end quote. Now, that, that seems like an understatement given the stats that I just shared. Life really is very complicated. But even given the explosion of knowledge we're seeing today, if you combined every bit of data from every brain that has ever lived and could store it in a massive computer, it still wouldn't be complete. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 9, For we know in part, and followed that up three verses later saying, For now we see through a glass darkly. There's always going to be something else that we can learn. All knowledge is incomplete at some level. Now, if you're looking for truth, well, that isn't nearly as abundant as you may think. And here's why. But first, let me back up just a bit. Chances are you could poll a thousand people and they would all most likely tell you the same thing. Truth and fact are fully interchangeable. Every dictionary will seem to verify that. Our entire legal system in America is built on this premise that if you testify, you swear to, quote, tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, end quote. But what is meant by that is probably best expressed by the words of that famous 1950s dragnet detective, Sergeant Joe Friday, quote, all we want are the facts, ma'am, end quote. But I want to offer you an alternate model that I noticed when I read the Word of God. 
In John 18, Jesus is being interrogated by Pilate. Now, after an interesting discussion, Jesus closes with this in verse 37, quote, I have come into the world for this, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice, end quote. And then Pilate gives that retort heard round the world, maybe sarcastically or maybe searchingly, and asks, what is truth? Now, Jesus didn't answer him, but thankfully, Jesus had already answered that question just a few chapters earlier, only it was just to his disciples that he gave the answer. After Jesus had demonstrated his servant leadership by washing the feet of his disciples and then shared the last supper with them, he took the time to deliver one last teaching. And in John 14, verse 6, Jesus told Thomas and the rest of the disciples, point blank, quote, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, end quote. So the answer to Pilate's question, what is truth, is simple if you believe the direct words of Christ himself. Jesus is truth. Jesus is truth. I mean, with that one statement he made, Jesus forever changed how we should, as believers, look at truth and fact. It doesn't take a theologian, a linguist, or even a modern-day word nerd to know that Jesus wasn't saying, I am the fact, or even, I am the accurate information. He clearly meant something much more significant than simply facts or knowledge or information. Author and pastor Craig Groeschel tells the story of being rejected for a ministry ordination when he was young and then feeling devastated by that rejection experience, feeling like he would just never, ever measure up. But in his pain, he says he heard God clearly speak to him, saying, quote, You are not who others say you are, Craig. You are who I say you are, end quote. That's a good example of the difference between truth and fact. The fact is that at that time, Craig did not have or possess the typical skills or experience or personality that the ordination committee was looking for based on the knowledge they had at that time. And so they didn't feel he was ready. Their opinion, wrong as it may seem now, was that he may never be ready. But the truth is both different from and greater than facts or feelings or opinions. It always has been and it always will be. Let me give you a more scientific example even. In Matthew chapter 14, the disciples are out on a boat in the Sea of Galilee while Jesus is up on a mountain praying. The Sea of Galilee, much like the Great Lakes in northern U.S., is prone to sudden violent storms. In fact, side note, I watched a history show recently and learned that as many as 6,000 ships have been wrecked by sudden violent storms on the Great Lakes. It really made Matthew 14 come alive for me. Anyway, a sudden violent storm comes up and threatens the lives of the disciples. After struggling for their lives, Jesus, at around 3 o'clock in the morning, came to the boat, walking on water. The disciples were rightfully so terrified, thinking that he was a ghost. Why? Well, because here's a fact. 
for those of us who aren't very sciencey. Humans can't walk on water. That is an undisputed fact even 2,000 years later. But here's the truth. Walking on water. Not only that, but when Peter bravely decided to test the truth versus the facts, saying, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus replied, come. And Peter climbed out of the boat and started walking on the water towards Jesus. Truth is different from and greater than fact. And in this respect, Craig Rochelle's story is really no different than Peter's story in Matthew 14. If God gives you an assignment, it doesn't matter what the facts are. The truth is, as long as you follow him, he will give you the ability and resources to complete that assignment in a way that brings honor and glory to him. Truth is greater than fact. The Gospel of John opens up saying, quote, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. End quote. And we've already seen Jesus' confession in John 14:5 that he is the truth. And then in his prayer for the disciples in John 17, 17, Jesus says, quote, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. End quote. So Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the word. The word is truth. Now, let's add yet another layer to this onion. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is alive and active. And honestly, that may be the single greatest differentiator between truth and fact. Truth is alive and active, divinely empowered with supernatural ability. Facts are none of those things. A rock lying on the ground can be a fact. How the rock got there, what it's made of, how heavy it is, that's all information, knowledge. You can even have feelings about rocks, experience with rocks, and emotional reactions when you see rocks, presumably because of some specific memory association already in your brain. But the rock isn't alive or active or divinely empowered with supernatural ability. On the other hand, when the Pharisees told Jesus to rebuke his disciples for their reaction during the triumphal entry, Jesus said, quote, I tell you, if they were to keep silent, the stones would cry out, end quote. Now, we've gone way beyond facts and information here. Rocks crying out? That's truth in action. Now, you and I, we have to get this through our hearts and through our minds. Truth is greater than facts, greater than knowledge, greater than feelings, infinitely greater. And that's why Jesus said in John 8:32 to those who believed in him, quote, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. End quote. Now, facts may set you free from a judge and a jury, but only truth can set you free from sin and darkness and demonic strongholds. You see, Satan is a deceiver. Jesus warned us there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language because he's a liar and he is the father of lies, according to John 8:44. Now, Satan can dispense knowledge, opinions, and facts all day long. He can manipulate our feelings all day long. 
but the truth is not in him. That alone should tell you that truth is much more than knowledge or facts or feelings. So here's the bottom line. We can talk about the facts as we understand them, the knowledge or information that we have access to, our opinions about those things, our experiences as we recall and interpret them, and our feelings and emotions associated with them. But none of those things rise to the level of truth. None of those things are my truth or your truth. And more importantly, if my truth isn't God's truth, then it isn't the truth. Let me say that one more time. If my truth or your truth isn't God's truth, then it isn't the truth. Remember, a better mind, specifically one filled with the truth of God's word, always leads to a better life.